Clarity with Katie, episode number 18, Thought Errors About the Savior. Hey, looking for clarity? Then stay right here. Hey guys, this podcast episode has been on my heart for many months now. I have been thinking about this for a very long time and it's something that I've been wanting to share. And with the Christmas season here and a lot of focus and talk about Jesus Christ, I thought this is the perfect time to share this message. I don't know deep doctrine or anything like that. I can just share with you My thoughts about the Savior and how I've recently changed them, and in doing so, I have felt closer to Him and closer to Heavenly Father and their love for me more than ever before. Today, I want to talk about thought errors you may have about Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and their love for you. First, let me explain to you what a thought error is. So a thought error is a thought that you think that doesn't serve you, meaning it doesn't create a positive emotion for you. Here's an example. When my kids were yelling at each other, screaming at each other, maybe a little little shove or a little push, and I would think the thought, they should just get along and love each other. Whenever I thought that thought, I would feel sad because here I am seeing them yell at each other and push each other and then thinking the thought, I wish they would just get along. They should just love each other. I felt sadness. And so that thought, as pretty as it sounded, and oh, it has the word love in it. It sounded so nice. It didn't serve me because it did not create a positive feeling for me. It wasn't until I changed my thought to, um, I think the thought that I ended up landing on was, siblings sometimes fight. When I thought that thought I felt so much more peaceful and calm. And when I felt peace, I was able to um, help them more, help figure out the situation, get on their level, be clear-minded, and that made all the difference. So the thought, you know, I wish my children would get along and love each other, you would think that would maybe bring a better emotion than the thought siblings sometimes fight, but it didn't. It did the opposite. So that's what I mean when I say thought errors. Thought errors are thoughts that cause you to feel something you probably don't want to feel. Okay, so I feel like there are many people, at least many people who I've talked to about this before, who consciously know, okay, they intellectually know that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ love them and that their love is perfect perfect for them, and yet subconsciously, they sometimes feel like they're a disappointment to them. That, you know, yes, they love us a lot, but they love us more if we're reading our scriptures every day and saying our prayers and if we're going to church and doing all the things. And that somehow when we do those things, their love for us is greater. And when we don't do those things, although they still love us so much, They're a little disappointed, you know. They're not that happy with us. They're up there watching us every move, making sure we're doing the right things. And that's, you know, those were were some of the thoughts that I had about them. 
I grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I am still a Latter-day Saint, and I was taught from a young age that I was a daughter of a Heavenly Father who loved me, and that Jesus Christ was my older brother who died for my sins, making it possible for me to live with them again, and I still believe that wholeheartedly. At the same time, I still had these other subconscious thoughts. I'm going to quickly explain the difference between our subconscious brain and our conscious brain. So our subconscious brain is in the driver's seat a majority of the time, at least 80% of the time. A lot of people even say 95% of the time. In your subconscious brain, there are thoughts you're not consciously thinking about. Thoughts that you've thought over and over again for so long, since childhood even. And these are thoughts you've had so often that they are regulated to the subconscious of your brain so that you're not consciously thinking about those thoughts on purpose. So you know when you're driving a car and you're driving somewhere that you've always gone, maybe going home or going to the store or somewhere like that, you're not consciously thinking, okay, turn here, go there, turn right, turn left, slow down at this yellow light. You know, you just drive and you get there without even really thinking about it because it's what you've done so many times, you don't have to consciously think about it. It's the same way with any of our subconscious thoughts. Okay, so we were taught things as children. We saw things, we heard things, and we attached meaning to those things. So we had a thought about what they meant. We interpreted them in a certain way. And it has been stored in our subconscious brain ever since. Having thoughts stored in our subconscious brain really can be great because it makes our brains efficient. We don't have to think about everything deliberately. And it makes us able to be able to move through the world very easily. But it's not so great when those subconscious thoughts don't serve us. Okay, so back to some of the thoughts I've had about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Some some of the subconscious thoughts. They were, you know, thoughts like, I was sometimes a disappointment to them. Or, you know, I can let them down. And yes, they love me very much and always have and always will. But sometimes when I don't live my life the way I should, you know, that they were a little disappointed. And hey, even in the scriptures, it talks about God's anger and his wrath. So it's true, right? I'm not making it up. It says it in there. Somewhere I started subconsciously thinking of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ more like strict teachers who were happy with me when I, you know, did excellent on tests and showed up on time and, you know, when I was always listening to them, which then meant when I didn't study for a test like I thought I should or, you know, I wasn't always listening or doing what they wanted me to that, you know, they didn't yell, they didn't shout, and They didn't even turn their backs on me, but they did do a little head tilt. You know, they'd look me deep in the eyes with their sad eyes and do a tiny little slow, disappointed head shake. And even though I didn't vocalize this, not out of fear, but just because I didn't consciously think about it, it was just a fact, right? It was just the way it was. When I brush my teeth, I don't think, okay, open the top, carefully squeeze the toothpaste, you know, lift up the toothbrush, you know, move the toothbrush in small circles. No. I've brushed my teeth for so long, I don't even think about it. I don't even have to. And that was the same with my subconscious thoughts about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. 
The reason why I keep saying subconscious thoughts and conscious thoughts is because I want you to understand that consciously I knew all the truths about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. I knew they loved me. I knew they were forgiving. I knew they were patient and merciful. I'd go to church. I'd testify of Jesus Christ, of his love for me and for others. Yet I did sometimes feel that I was a disappointment when I fell short. But as long as I would repent, I would earn their approval again. And I would receive a smile from them instead of, you know, them kind of shaking their head a little bit. I've always wanted to be a good girl and please my Father in Heaven and Savior. And so that desire combined with my deep beliefs about them, this cycle began. So here I was in the cycle, and I didn't question it because that's how it was and always would be, and I was willing to do that because I loved when I felt their love and that feeling of being forgiven for my sins. What I didn't consciously realize was that my views of Heavenly Father and the Savior were fear-based. I had to earn their love, even though consciously I knew they loved me and always would because that's what I was told and taught, but subconsciously... There was worry and fear, fear of disappointing them, fear of being punished for not making all the right choices. What I want to tell you is that is not true. It's not true at all. Heavenly Father's love for us does not change based on what we do or do not do. It does not change ever. It doesn't. He doesn't love you more when you read your scriptures. He doesn't love you less when you don't go to church. His love for you is the exact same no matter what. And the reason why I think this is very important for us to understand is because when we allow ourselves to have thoughts that allow us to feel Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ true, infinite, perfect, unconditional love for us, the things that we can do in this life are absolutely incredible. The things we can do, the person we can become, I mean, it's greater than anything else when we feel their perfect love for us, when we allow ourselves to view ourselves as they view us. But what about when we make mistakes? It does hurt them when we make mistakes, when we sin, when we do this, when we do that, right? Heavenly Father wants us to believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, who was sent here for those mistakes. He's not up there when we make a mistake going, ugh, there she goes again, or I can't believe she did that. That's not how He works. He's up there and he's completely calm and peaceful because he knows he already has the solution. It's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ already came to this earth to atone for any sins. And not just sins, but heartache and disappointment and sadness and everything else. So he doesn't panic or wallow in misery when we fall short. That's why Christ came. And no, not just for that person's mistakes because yours are way too big for the Savior, right? No, for every single one. Why should Christ have even come if we were going to be perfect, if we weren't going to make mistakes? I often tell my kids, please don't confuse the way I parent with how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are, (laughs) because I fall short, and I love you always, but there are times that I do show up, and it's something I've been working on, where I maybe feel disappointed because of my thoughts I'm having, and then they interpret that as, mom is disappointed because I did this. My son knocked over the trash can and immediately he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because he feared I was going to be upset or frustrated. And that's why I tell them, don't confuse how I sometimes do things and fall short and how I fall short with how Heavenly Father and Christ do things. 
because I think we sometimes do that. We look at the way we were parented and interpret those things, or we look at, you know, what we feel our shortcomings are, or we have as parents, and how we sometimes do things. And we may subconsciously think, if this is how a parent does things, then maybe this is how Christ and Heavenly Father also operate. I like to believe that is absolutely not how they operate. And when we knock over a trash can or we spill milk, that Heavenly Father doesn't respond with, get a towel, start cleaning it up, or don't worry, I'll, I'll clean it up, I'll do it. I like to think he would say something like, oh, you knocked it over. It's okay. I've got the solution. Here's the towel. Let's clean it up together. Oh, there's some on the floor too? It's okay. I've got a mop. I like to believe that you work together. You clean it up together. And you you just try to do your best. And he's got the rest covered. And even when you try to hide and run from the spilled milk, he's not upset at you. He just loves you. He just wants you to allow yourself to feel his love for you. Regardless of anything you do or you don't do, his love is there for you. I really started looking into what my beliefs were about God and Jesus Christ when I was reading um, this book called Choosing Clarity by Kim Giles a couple of years ago. I highly recommend this book. It's amazing. So while I was reading it, I started wondering what were my subconscious thoughts about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? I never really thought about it. I was just on autopilot trying to navigate how I wanted to feel about the truths I already knew, not knowing that I thought what I thought were truths, all of those subconscious thoughts were just that and only that, thoughts. I started wondering, was there really another way to view them? Okay, it sounds strange, but even though the thoughts I had about them weren't serving me, it was kind of scary to think about letting them go. You know, what did I, what if I really did stop believing that I could disappoint them? What if what if I really did stop believing that there were times that I was more lovable to them than others? Wouldn't I just be living my life without caring about anything I did or didn't do? Now that can't be what they would want for me. So here I was trying to have a stronger relationship with them, but I didn't know which was the be- which way was the best. I certainly didn't want to continue living my life with the subconscious thoughts I was having that were coming from a fear based place. But then you might say that it doesn't seem right to just go and do as I please without giving any thought of them. What was I supposed to do? I needed to change my beliefs about them. I was subconsciously focusing so much on these thoughts that weren't serving me. And remember, these subconscious thoughts Um, came from how I was interpreting different things. Scriptures, maybe that even talked about God's wrath and his anger and, and how I, I saw situations and, 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 you know, things people said and looking at parents and maybe how they did things and, and even maybe how I felt about people when they did certain things. I needed to redirect my thoughts to something else. That I also believe about them. The scriptures also talked about how they, you know, they were patient and forgiving and merciful and how they had unconditional love. Things that I consciously knew, right? And I asked myself, what if I truly allowed myself to view them as those things and only those things? 
What did patience from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ look like? Was it them, you know, not saying a word, but deeply exhaling as they waited? I don't think so. What does true forgiveness from them look like? Is it, you know, Heavenly Father saying you're forgiven, and then as soon as you make another mistake, him thinking, there she goes again. You would have thought she would have learned from the first time. She made a mistake, and I forgave her. I don't think so. What does mercy look like from them? Is it them saying, you know, I've given you so many chances. It's getting harder and harder to be more merciful. Nope, I don't think so. What does their compassion look like? Is it them feeling for you in every situation and trial that you're going through, but at the same time thinking, you know, this isn't as big of a deal as this other person's trial, or you kind of brought this on yourself? I don't think so. And what does unconditional love look like from them? Is it, yes, always loving you, but giving you more love when you do this, And a little less love when you do that. I don't think so. What if we truly allowed ourselves to view them as always patient, without the deep exhales, always forgiving, no matter what it is you do and how many times you do it? What if we viewed them as always merciful, always in our corner and willing to do anything to help, always compassionate, aching when we ache, thinking of us always, and loving us unconditionally a perfect love a love that a mother's love and not even mother Teresa's love can even touch and I think that's what they want us to do to allow ourselves to feel their love because it is there always a few months ago I was talking with someone about this topic and I was trying to help this friend see that their thoughts about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ were more fear-based They had a lot of deep-rooted thoughts about how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ operate. They had all the evidence from the scriptures and what this says and what that says. And I finally asked this friend, you know, how do you feel when you spend so much time focusing on your thoughts about the scripture? Or, you know, what did your interpretation of these scriptures create for you? Was it love? Was it hope? Was it clean motivation? Was it happiness? Or was it pressure, worry, or fear? Their thoughts weren't serving them. And they weren't ready to let them go because they were such deep beliefs that they've had for years and years and years. So I asked, what if you only knew this? That Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ were loving, patient, merciful, understanding, and forgiving. And you knew nothing else. No ifs, buts, or whens after those statements. And they said, well, I would feel happy. I'd feel loved and I'd feel hopeful. And you know what you do when you feel happy, loved, and feel hope in the Savior? You do wonderful things. You see, we sometimes have these thought errors, these misconceptions deep down. And for some of us, they may be conscious and for others not. That if we allow ourselves to only feel the Savior's love and Heavenly Father's love for us, that we would somehow not evolve into better human beings. If we felt only love, where's the motivation to make good choices? 
we've had this thought process that when we make good choices, we then feel God's love. But what if we felt God's love first? What would happen? What if we worried less about what we were doing and not doing and focused more on feeling their love for us? Would we really just abandon the values we've been taught? No, the opposite is true. As I started working on changing my beliefs about Heavenly Father and the Savior a couple of years ago, and I'm still working on it, I once knelt in prayer to talk to Heavenly Father about something I had been struggling with. And this was one of the times that I realized that the subconscious thoughts I've had about Heavenly Father and the Savior were deep. Christ's love for me. Yes, he loves me, but I was also a disappointment when I didn't live up to their expectations. I somehow collected all of these beliefs because of things I've heard and read about the Father and the Son and how I interpreted those things. I have subconsciously been making it mean that I am sometimes less than. And what's interesting is it wasn't this huge, I'm of no worth or I'm so less than. It was just this subtle thought that was harmless, or so I thought it was harmless. And it definitely wasn't making my experience with the Savior while having this earthly experience as wonderful as it could have been. But I have felt a tremendous change within me as I keep redirecting my brain to the truth, which is Christ's love for me is truly infinite and with no but, if, or whens attached to that statement. Okay, so back to my story. I felt like I was falling short with something that I was working on and I wanted to improve and be better. I was kneeling in my closet praying almost like, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry for saying this was something I was going to work on and yet here I am still struggling with the same thing and not improving. And instead of all of this guilt and shame, I just felt God's love. I allowed myself to believe the thought that was coming to me, which was, it's okay. Nothing has gone wrong here. I love you. You're going to figure this out. It was as if he had all of this trust in me, even though I said, you know, I'm still trying to work on this and I know I keep falling short and I'm not showing up how I want to show up. He wasn't worried. I just felt as if he was sitting there smiling, so grateful I was coming to him in prayer, so happy I was there speaking to him, so happy to be able to give me this reminder that it was fine. And I remember being a bit confused because my brain was so used to having thoughts like, hey, I'll forgive you. No worries. It's okay. So to be able to have this thought come to me, which I believe was from the Holy Ghost that said, hey, it's all right. You're going to figure this out. You have the Savior, remember? You have me. You have prayer. You have all of these things to help you receive clarity. You have the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be fine. And I remember thinking, uh, okay, well, I'm going to end my prayer now, wondering if it was okay that I was feeling happy and that he was telling me all of these things. I was feeling his love, and I was questioning if this is how it was supposed to be, because It wasn't as if I had overcome the challenge I was working on. I was still struggling with it, and yet I was feeling loved, trusted, and I felt hope. And without the guilt and shame that I thought I was going to feel or was supposed to at least be attached to the feelings I was feeling. I was confused by that, and it was as if he was saying, no, 
this is fine. This is how it's supposed to be. Go ahead. Have a wonderful day. It was so eye-opening to me. And I thought, man, I love this belief of Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. This feels right. This feels true. But of course, my brain wanted to keep going back to, oh, you've got to feel guilt. You've got to feel shame. You need to care and worry deeply about the choices you're making. And yes, there are times that we do things and, you know, we may think, hey, I don't want to show up that way or I don't want to do things like that. And those thoughts are what brought me to my knees. Being able to kneel down because I feel that guilt or that desire to change, but then being able to get up and feel better. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to go. I think that's how Heavenly Father wants it to be. Not for us to beat ourselves up because how is that going to help? You can still want to change without having to beat yourself up and having to feel all of the shame. When I got up from that prayer, I felt Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ's true love for me. And feeling that love motivated me more than anything else ever could have to live my life the way I want to and the way I think they would hope I would. In the book, Choosing Clarity, she talks about before you question if your religion is correct, maybe question if you're interpreting it correctly. Is this how I want to view it? Am I understanding it correctly? Are my thoughts about the Savior and Heavenly Father serving me? And not confusing how other people live their lives and the things they say and do with how Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ think and how they are. It's worth having a look at your subconscious brain and seeing what's in there. What are some of the thoughts you've thought since childhood? Thoughts that you thought from a young age and have repeated so many times that aren't serving you. Those are the ones you want to look at. Your brain is a tool and you get to control that tool. It's like a computer and you are the manager of that computer. You get to decide what your brain is going to believe and not believe. And that's what I'm doing. Every time my brain tries to offer me the thoughts that don't serve me about Heavenly Father and the Savior, I redirect them. And the more you do this, the more those subconscious thoughts start letting go. It takes time. I've been doing this for a while now and my brain still offers me the other thoughts, but I keep working on it. I keep redirecting those thoughts about the truths I want to believe about Heavenly Father and the Savior. And in doing so, I have never felt more loved or closer to them than ever before. I hope you all will do the same. Merry Christmas. Like what you've heard? Subscribe so you never miss an episode.